What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Mission Impossible season here on Cinematic Reviews. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, you can find the show on all your favorite podcast listening services. You can also support the show by giving it a star rating. I really do appreciate all the support out there. Today, I will be talking about one of my favorites, Mission Impossible 3, which once again stars Tom Cruise, alongside Philip Seymour Hoffman, Lawrence Fishburne, Bing Rames, Simon Pegg, and many, many more. To get things started, let's talk about some facts. Mission Impossible 3 was released on May 5th, 2006, and was directed by J.J. Abrams. He, of course, is best known for Star Trek, The Force Awakens, The Rise of Skywalker, Super 8, as well as executive producing Lost and Cloverfield. This is actually Abrams' directorial debut on a feature film. Mission Impossible 3 grossed $398 million worldwide off of a $150 million budget. This, unfortunately, makes it the lowest of the franchise by box office standards. Due to large crowds while filming in Rome, the crew set up a phony set in a second location in order to fool as many people as possible. This allowed filming to be undisturbed most of the time. Cruz did most of his stunts, and most of them were done without major injury. He did, however, crack a couple of ribs when he turned his torso too quickly. Lake Wanaka is mentioned at the beginning of the film by Ethan Hunt. It is an actual place that Cruz visited while filming The Last Samurai. Abrams can be seen in the hospital scene when Ethan is looking for Michelle Monaghan. He is also the voice on the phone talking about a free trip to Mexico during the engagement party. Scarlett Johansson was originally cast in the film, but pulled out of the project. She was then replaced by Carrie Russell. Tandy Newton was asked to return, but turned it down in order to focus on her family. The Naya character was then changed to a new character called Lee Quint, who was going to be played by Carrie Ann Moss, who played Trinity in the Matrix franchise. But when Abrams took over, the character was completely scrapped. In the original script, Eddie Marson's character, Brownway, was going to do the countdown in the opening scene, but Abrams changed it to Hoffman's character, Owen Damien, because he thought that it would be more dramatic. Abrams made the right call because that is my favorite opening to a mo- movie in ever. Kenneth Branagh was originally cast as a villain, but, that to, but he had to drop out because of delays. Branagh would have been great, but I think Hoffman was just incredible as the villain. David Fincher was the first slated to direct, but dropped out to produce Lords of Dogtown. His version of Mission Impossible 3 was going to center around black market trading of body parts in Africa. That would have been pretty insane, but very hard for some audiences to swallow. I think it worked out for the best having J.J. Abrams tackle this movie. Lastly, Rachel McAdams turned down the role of Julia, which went to, Mich- which went to Michelle Monaghan instead. Now, let's get to my thoughts on Mission Impossible 3. I always have so much fun watching Mission Impossible 3. Abrams is definitely the guy to call if you need to reboot a franchise. He gave us a fresh take on Star Trek and brought us back to the beloved Star Wars universe. But before all that, he rebooted the Mission Impossible franchise for the better. After the letdown of the second film, Mission Impossible was left in limbo for years. Abrams gave new life to it though, and it is now one of the most popular movie franchises today. It wasn't always just Abrams though. Tom Cruise took the franchise to the next level, as well as both the Ethan Hunt character and with all the stunts. Introducing Michelle Monaghan to the franchise was also a really smart choice. 
They gave Ethan something special to fight for throughout the entire movie. We get the best opening scene to a movie because of the love Ethan has for Julia. I believe in their relationship, and them working together at the end of the film makes that relationship work even better. Their chemistry is real, and I enjoy it a lot. The writing is also a step up from the previous two films, because Hoffman's Omen Damien is such a great villain. There's a solid argument to be made that he is the best villain in the franchise. He's very menacing and smart when he goes up against Ethan. Injecting an explosive device into somebody's brain is so terrifying, and it raises the stakes immensely. I mean, we get an important death early on because of that device. Carrie Russell's Lindsay Ferris character was important was an important part of the story, and it was crazy to get her death at the beginning of the film. She's a total badass, and I'll talk about her character and her relationship more later on in the episode when we get to the fun segments. The rest of the cast is just as phenomenal as she is. The team in this one is a huge step up, also from the two previous films. The lovable Ving Rhames returns as Luther, and we get the introduction of Maggie Q's Zen, along with Jonathan Myers as Declan. Like Carrie Russell, Maggie Q is a total badass in this movie. She is, she is such a fun character to watch on screen, and I absolutely love her. It would be crazy if she popped up in either Dead Reckoning Part 1 or 2. Now, Jonathan uh, Reese Myers is basically the Billy character from the second film, but a lot more fun to watch. He felt more part of the team, and all his, jo his jokes hit for the most part for me. You can definitely tell that him and Maggie Q kind of had something going on on the side. The only other time we saw relationships within the team was back in the first film with Jim Phelps and his wife, Claire. It seems very dangerous to do that, but I suppose it's bound to happen when you work with somebody for so long. Now, the standout character to me, though, would have to be Simon Pegg as Benji. And spoiler alert, this isn't the last time we see the fan favorite character. Simon Pegg is always a joy to see on screen. I remember first seeing him in Shaun of the Dead in Hot Fuzz. I fell in love with him as an actor almost immediately. He's one of those characters I look forward to whenever I rewatch this franchise. He's so lovable and so goddamn funny. He's only in a couple scenes in this movie, but it's a very important stepping stone for the rest of the franchise. I love his relationship with Ethan as well as Luther. Now, the rabbit's foot is also a really cool code name for a MacGuffin in the film. It's obviously some kind of world-ending device, but they never actually go into what it is. And I think, and I don't think they, they really need to do that in this film. I think it works that they chose to not lay that all out and tell us exactly what it does. This film is more about Ethan's relationship with Julia, which I think works overall. So next, we're going to switch over to a fun new segment of the show and play a short trivia game. We'll take a break here so you can download the app, which is called Popcorn Trivia. And then after that, we'll dive deeper into specific scenes and quotes with some more fun segments of the show. So for this newest segment of the show, I thought it'd be fun to play a little trivia game. So on the app, just search for Mission Impossible 3. And then we'll be doing Act 1, which consists of 10 questions. So with that, let's get started. So question 1. Who plays Lindsay Ferris? Well, that will be Carrie Russell. And that is correct. Carrie Russell is Lindsay Ferris. Question 2. What does Ethan go back to the truck to get 
during the ambush on the bridge. Davian's briefcase, an assault rifle, a GPS tracker, or Luther's computer. Well, that'll be the G36 that Luther yells at him to grab, which is assault rifle. Question three. What's the last thing that Ethan says to Julia before he has her electrocute him? I'm sorry. I love you. Don't worry. Forgive me. Let's go with I love you. And that is correct. Question four. Who said that look in your eye is pain in my ass? You know that, right? Is it Declan, Zen, Benji, or Luther? I'm going to go with Luther on this one. And that is correct. Question five. Which ability does Ethan display during his engagement party? Is it lip reading, fluency and Mandarin, sign language, or electronics repair? I'm going to go with lip reading. And that is right. You did do lip reading when Julia was trying to remember the lake that they met at. Question six. Where does Ethan say he works when he's talking to the guests at his engagement party? Is it the fire department, the justice department, the health department, or the Department of Transportation? I'm going to go with transportation. And that is right. He talks about traffic patterns at stoplights. Question seven. After Ethan disguises himself as Damien, Zen says she will happily do what for him back at her hotel? Treat him to dinner, pay for a massage, have his shirt washed, or buy him a drink. We're going to go with have his shirt washed. And that is right, because she spelt the wine on his shirt before that encounter. Question eight. Ethan compares reloading a gun to what? Changing the bag on a dust buster, putting a cordless phone onto its charger, putting batteries in the flashlight, or sliding a tape into a video camera. We're going to go with the batteries in the flashlight. And that is correct. Question nine. While the voice mask is compelling, how does Ethan stall for time with Damien's guard? He coughs, he dries his face with a towel, he laughs, or he drinks water. We're going to go with he coughs. And that is correct. If you remember, he was coughing to cover up a 30-second se delay on the voice changer. And the last question... And which of these four scenes is the song Best of My Love Plate? These ones I always have trouble with, so we're going to go with a guess on this one. We're going to go with the third picture, and that was incorrect. So we'll give us one more try. Let's go with the fourth picture when he's doing the plan for the Shanghai heist. That is also wrong. So we're left with the Vatican City mission or the engagement party. Let's go with the engagement party. And that is correct. It was playing during their party at the very beginning of the film. So that's it for those 10 questions. I did get one wrong, which left me with a score of 92 out of 100, which isn't horrible. That's pretty good. So that's it for this segment of the show. I hope you all had fun following along with that trivia game on the popcorn trivia app uh there are tons and tons of movies on that app so feel free to 
play around with that app and we will continue with this fun segment on the on many many more episodes unfortunately not every movie is on the app but i will announce it at the beginning of the episode if there is a trivia game for that movie but with that let's get back to my thoughts with some more fun fun segments of the show So I wrote down three more fun segments in my notes while watching the film, as I normally do for the show. The segments are quotes, scenes, and then any negatives that jumped out at me. So let's start off with the scenes, and then I'll sprinkle in some of the standout quotes where they fit in. The opening sequence of the film is probably the best opening to a film ever. Cruz is so good in it as he's going through his utility belt of ways to beat Hoffman's character. Hoffman has a gun to Julia's head, with Cruz strapped down to a chair across the room. The countdown is so terrifying, and you can feel every emotion on Cruz's face. The scene ends with a gunshot, and Cruz screaming no, and quickly jumps to the title credits. The audience is then left sitting in complete shock. It is so well done how they did this. Next, we jump to the Berlin mission. This is where Ethan and the team go to save Carrie Russell's character, Agent Ferris. This entire scene is so cool and so well choreographed. I love Luther controlling the 50 cows while Ethan sets up those magnetic bombs throughout the building. Ethan and Lindsay teaming up was also really cool. The gun choreography in this movie is so cool, especially in this scene. This brings us to the first quote that I love. Lindsay asks, how many rounds you got left? And then Ethan responds, enough. Ethan then aims and kills the last guy with one bullet, revealing that enough means only one bullet. It's so good. Next, we have Carrie Russell dying in the helicopter from the explosive device that Owen Damien put in her head. It's so gruesome how they shot this scene. With her one eye going the other way, it's so gross. But again, it's so very well done by J.J. Abrams. Next is the Vatican City mission to get the rabbit's foot, which is so fun. Cruz dropping down the wall and then disguising it as a priest was so well done. I love all the stunts in this film. To this day, I still don't know how they shot the scene where Ethan turns into Damien. It's fr basically freaking movie magic, and I love it. The camera doesn't stay off of Luther as he places the mask on Ethan. It blows my mind every time I watch it. The bathroom scene where they grab Damien is so well done also. This leads into one of my favorite scenes, Ethan interrogating Damien on the plane by threatening to throw his ass out of the plane. Owen Davian's lines throughout the entire scene were so menacing. Cruz is so good in this scene, even when he loses his cool once Damien starts talking shit about Carrie Russell. Once the IMF has Owen Damien in their custody, we get to the scene that I always think of when I hear Mission Impossible 3, and that is the bridge sequence with the drone. It's so well done, and the shot of Cruz being thrown into the car by the missile is branded into my head forever. I remember seeing it every time FedEx was uh, promoting the movie. I hit rewind a couple times, actually, and I think Cruz really got thrown into that car. Then we jumped to Shanghai for the heist where they uh, tried to steal the rabbit's foot from the facility. Cruz swinging from one building to the other is so freaking crazy. You can tell that Cruz actually jumped off that building like a madman. I love when Ethan is explaining the plan and the whole team is thinking the same thing we are. This guy is fucking nuts. 
But Luther tells them that they're in when Ethan asks them to join him. I love Luther's loyalty to Ethan throughout this entire franchise. Next, we have the conclusion to the opening sequence that we had with Ethan in the chair. The reveal of someone wearing a Julia mask gets me every time. It's such a good trick to play on the audience. The reveal of Musgrave being the bad guy was also really well done. The movie does a great job at pointing the finger at Lawrence Fishburne's character the whole movie and then masking and then revealing it at the end with Musgrave being the guy behind it is even more shocking. Then when we get to the fun scene of Benji directing Ethan to Julia's true location, I love this because it's the first time Benji and Ethan work together. I love their relationship as it grows throughout the rest of the franchise, and I'm really excited to see it in next week on Ghost Protocol. Last, I have Julia killing Ethan and then bringing him back to life. Just when you think Ethan couldn't get more freaking nuts, he tells Julia that she has to kill him or he's going to die. It's such a crazy scene, and I love it. Julia is such a badass while he is actually dead, too. She even manages to kill Musgrave on her own, which is completely crazy. So some of the other quotes I jotted down were, uh, at the end of the Vatican City mission, Ethan and Zen meet Luther over the sewer crate when they were driving that sick-ass orange Lamborghini. And uh, Ethan says, what's up? Luther responds, nothing. What's up with you? Then Ethan responds, nothing. It's a really fun interaction during a stressful mission. I love it. Another one is after uh, Ethan makes the fulcrum swing to the building, Luther yells in surprise, he made it, he made it, I knew he'd make it. It's such a funny line. Lastly, I have Fishburne's line during his debrief with Musgrave and Ethan towards the beginning of the film. This is intelligence. So far, I haven't seen any. This is such a baller line to say, especially coming from Fishburne, who is really good in this film. Now, even though I love this film a lot, I still found some negatives with it. First is Benji's random story about his old professor and the anti-god. I always thought it was a really weird scene to put in there. Next, the whole idea of Declan getting Maggie Q into the event that Davian is at, it should have raised some serious red flags if a security guard that you have never seen before shows up right at the same time that someone who isn't on the list does and they end up getting him into this exclusive event. It's really weird and very lucky. And it's like Fishburne always says to Ethan, you guys got lucky. I think it was a really missed opportunity for a comic comedic beat for Ethan to yell at Declan to quit touching his ear when communicating, like they did in Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. He did it like three or four times during the Vatican City mission, and it wasn't even addressed. That's pretty sloppy recon, if you ask me, because somebody had to have seen him do that. And then the last negative I have is Ethan dying. I know it's a movie, but I always think he was dead a little too long during this scene. He more than likely would have come out of it with some serious brain damage. But I don't hang on it too long because, again, it's just a movie. It's just something I like to bring up for argument's sake, to be honest. But regardless of these few negatives I have, I still think this is a very solid movie from start to finish. It's so engaging and so much fun the entire time. Cruz is so good, and Hoffman plays such a menacing villain, which is what the franchise needed at the time. The franchise was pretty much forgotten after the letdown of two, so thank God J.J. Abrams came and rebooted this franchise. I'm really excited for the rest of the franchise because it only gets better from here. Ghost Protocol does some insane stunts that still amazes me every time I watch it. But I'll get into that more on next week's episode. 
to end this episode, let's talk about the Mission Impossible rankings right now. So as a refresher, here's the rankings of the Mission Impossible franchise so far. Number one is Rogue Nation. Number two, Fallout. Number three, Mission Impossible 3. Number four, Ghost Protocol. Number five, Mission Impossible. And sitting at the bottom at number six is Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible 3 is still a huge step up over Mission Impossible 1 and 2. I've always enjoyed it a little more than Ghost Protocol, but I'm really curious to see if Ghost Protocol switches spots with 3 on next week's episode. I always felt that Owen Damien was one of, if not the best villains in the franchise after this last rewatch. I still feel the same about him. Rogue Nation and Fallout will always be the top of the franchise for me. So unfortunately, I don't see 3 ever moving up only down, depending on how I feel about the next rewatch I do on Ghost Protocol. Until then, though, you can always find this list and many more on both IMDb and Leatherbox. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to tune in next Friday for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Also, join me every week for New Release Monday. This episode was self-destruct in five seconds.